Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of the Beers and Ears podcast. I was going to try to do something creative, but it seems like every time on these Star Wars episodes, it does not go well. My name is Matt. Do or do not. There is no try, right? Isn't that how we're supposed to do this? Yeah, I decided on the do not. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. My name is Casey, and welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. We are continuing our journey through Star Wars fandom uh, with a classic, the the Empire Strikes Back, episode number five today. Uh, I, I feel almost like we're doing the wrong thing right now with all the craziness surrounding the book of Boba Fett. I have, not watched, I have not watched an episode yet. I'm going to get there. I'm just going to binge it all. I heard that there's some dude from the cartoon that shows up, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where I, I've heard. It's basically turned into like Mandalorian season three at this point. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's very much has a captain America civil war feel to it. Okay. Where, but even less like captain America civil war, at least like focuses on captain America. Um, the, the last couple episodes, it's been like, uh, I don't think Boba Fett has spoken a word in two episodes. Really? really? <laughs> so, wow. Um, and I don't want to like go down that rabbit hole, but um, uh, but it, it, with that said, I'm still very much enjoying it. Well, I think it's still, I think, um, very much uh, like makes sense that i mean i don't want to say it's almost kind of like fate that we're covering empire strikes back because this is where at least from a movie perspective that boba fett makes his first appearance obviously he made his appearance in the star wars christmas spectacular or holiday special or whatever they like to call that although disney has ruled that not canon at this point so technically this is where he makes his official appearance in the star wars universe so that kind of kind of jives with where everybody's at right now um but yeah, we've been on kind of a journey. We we, we obviously watched the, the, the prequels together. Uh, we've watched Rogue One. We've watched, um, obviously, Han Solo. We've watched the original Star Wars. Here we are at Empire Strikes Back. Um, and for a lot of Star Wars fans, this is, I think, uh, what is referred to as the best Star Wars movie of all time, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, Matt? Yeah, that's uh, the consensus that I have around the Star Wars community of... Even if this isn't your top one, it's in your top three. Yeah. Like I, I don't know of anyone that rates this any lower than third in their Star Wars rankings. Um, yeah. Like I, I think even you, like we've gone through this, and I don't think Empire Strikes Back is your number one, but it's no, not it's far not behind. It's not far behind. I, I definitely would put it in my top twenty-five percent. Yeah, and I think. I think part of it is, and we keep going back to this this rationale, this reasoning that we've talked about, you know, it really has a lot to do with the order that you watch the movies, when, how old you were when you first saw the movies, what was going on. So it's so funny, when I sat down to rewatch it today to, to prepare for, for today's episode, I kind of put myself in the mindset of, okay, this is like... MCU of the 80s, right? Of the 70s and 80s. Like this this is where people's heads were at. Probably more so because there wasn't the internet. This this was kind of this organic thing. So, if I'm sitting down at a movie theater, it's been a couple of years since this crazy original Star Wars movie came out. This is a continuation of the story. This is almost like how people felt with maybe like Endgame, 
right? You know, like we like it's it's their version of Endgame or 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 their version of the next Avengers or something like that. And so I'm sitting down. It's like, okay, how would people feel? And sure enough, I kind of got the chills when you know the the initial opening crawl comes on this on the screen and and you start to see and they kind of reposition you know, where you're at, it's a couple, you know, it's a couple years later or a couple, you know, maybe not a couple years, but it's definitely some time later from when, from, from the original movie. And I could definitely see why people, why this movie is rated so epically among Star Wars fans. Because when you, when you look at some of the moments that take place, some of the tentpole parts of the Star Wars franchise come right from this movie. I mean, the big one is the reveal of Darth Vader is Luke's father. And I mean, of course, again, now to us, that doesn't feel as big of a reveal. You know, that's kind of like pop culture knowledge, though. I do find it funny that um, it is one of the most misquoted lines because everyone thinks it's (laughs) Luke, I am your father. And it actually is. No, I am your father, and I, I've, yeah. I've, and, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm guilty of that. Where I've definitely said in a like pop culture way, like Luke, I am your father. You know why I think people say Luke, I am your father? I know this is going to sound really crazy, but do you remember the movie Tommy Boy? I do remember that movie. There is a scene in Tommy Boy where Chris Farley's character Tommy is talking into the fan, and he goes, "Luke, I am your father." Uh-huh. And I wonder if you know a lot of people of our generation grew up, and that's just stuck in. At least that was how it was for me. You know, I I don't know, but you know, you are one hundred percent right. That is probably the most iconic. I think iconic part of the movie that people remember, you know, and I remember I read an article somewhere about how that was shrouded in secrecy that even um, Mark Hamill did not know that that was going to be what was revealed until they shot the scene. And I guess apparently when they shot that scene, it was a closed set and it was only uh, Mark Hamill, the character who played Darth Vader. And even the, the actor who played Darth Vader, he read a different line, I guess, from what I understand. And only Mark Hamill knew what he actually said. Has, has Star Wars given us between that and the Baby Yoda Grogu reveal, have they given us like the best jaw-dropping reveals of all time. Oh, yeah. Well, then don't forget, I mean, the fact that Luke is Leia's sister, too. I mean, yes. That, that, yes. that hasn't even happened yet. And, the, the, you know, that, that, and that's another thing that, of course, um, you know, Obi-Wan and Yoda point to in this. There is another. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even realize what they're talking about. Now you do. But when you see the movie originally, you have no idea what they're talking about. But, yeah, I would say Star Wars has definitely given... Um, some of the best, some of the best reveals in in movie history for sure. Because I think that's one of the things that the MCU is lagging behind on. That I think that Feige and the people who are producing the movies need to figure out a better way to shroud what they're doing in. And, and it's I, I'm not saying it's I'm not saying that it, that's an easy task. But I'm looking at some MCU moments that don't get me wrong. We've had our share of you know great cheering, shocking moments, but it seems like it's getting harder and harder for them to shroud like, oh, this actor was on set or this person was doing this. And that makes it difficult. Okay. Okay. First of all, okay. I'm I'm going to have to stop you right there for just a second, man. I'm just going to have to stop you there for a second. I don't think it's fair to compare what Star Wars was able to do 
at least in the 1970s and 1980s with with today's day and age with social media with with um with the with with all that goes i i don't think and and as far as grogu goes and and i and i know that that's where you're gonna go that was an exception and and the only reason i call it they literally feige not feige favreau literally said no toys no toys no toys you you cannot we need this reveal to be so important that is the only reason why they were able to get away with what they got away with but the second thing i'll add to that is that star wars content is original content it's not based on a comic book it's not based on canon that other you know other people probably already know these storylines on where if 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 mcu had just original content yeah, they could probably reveal anything they wanted to. And I think for having to work off of base material that is already based in comic books, they do a pretty darn good job, at least in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's it's not like an impossible thing. But, you know, I, I've talked about it on the pod of certain reveals that just were less impactful because of, you know, toys and shirts and yep. just knowing who was in the movie. Uh, this isn't a huge gripe, just uh, just something well, that I'm... Like, even like the, even like the, the recent Spider-Man, I mean, Andrew Garfield and, and Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, it was the worst kept secret in Hollywood, but what we didn't know was how much of an impact they were going to have on on the franchise or on the movie, I should say, and they were in the movie the whole ha- last half of the movie for True. Life, right? Yeah. But, I don't but, know. But I, it just is, was... it's, it's the jaw-dropping nature of it. Like, even, even even in the series, like, I mean, we talked about it at the end of San- of Mandalorian season two, like where, I mean, our entire round table was like, oh my gosh, when Luke Skywalker showed up, I was up cheering, my jaw dropped, like it, they just, they have, and it, they have a market on these jaw dropping moments. Like when the, in Book of Boba Fett, when the character that you mentioned at the beginning showed up. My jaw was on the ground with excitement. I was like, oh, man. Let's also be very clear, too. When MCU is operating at a level 9 and 10 at all times, and Star Wars is operating for a lot of fans at a 6 or a 7 and then has moments of 9 or 10, those jaw-dropping moments are going to seem much more jaw-dropping because MCU, frankly, I mean, they've been operating at a nine or ten for ten years. Yeah, and so it, and it, it, again, I'm not defending it. I, I I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just that's a that's a very tough road to climb or, ro- or mountain to climb for Feige and team over yeah. there. Um, yeah. but, but anyway, but it, yeah. Empire Strikes Back does. I mean, it's there's the jaw drop dropping moments too. Of I mean, I think even Han getting frozen in carbonite. With yep. the idea of that cliffhanger not, being not knowing where that's going to go. Now, interestingly enough, I read that um, the reason they did that was because he hadn't signed on for the third movie yet, mm-hmm. and so they were kind of hedging their bets of like, if he doesn't sign on, then we have an excuse of where he is. <laughs> um, that, that's funny. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, that, I would even argue that, and I know this seems so quaint now, but the reveal of Yoda. Yeah. And who Yoda is like, you know, like this was one of the things like once you're the genies out of that bottle, once the toothpaste is out of the tube, you can't go back. But so like, yeah, I'm watching this. He's going to the the Dagobah system to go find Yoda. I know who Yoda is. I know what Yoda looks like. But if I'm sitting down for the first time in the theaters, I have no idea who Yoda is. So this green little creature that's causing kind of a, which by the way is just a hilarious scene, causing kind of a, a cra- you know, a storm in his camp. 
who is this guy? Like, why is he going crazy with, 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 with Luke? Like, get out of there. Who's this Yoda guy? You don't think about it. And then when he says, I am Yoda, you know, it's like, oh, could you imagine how cool that was when that was the first reveal, you know? Yeah, like that's that's something I never even thought of. Cause again, like Yoda is is another one of those like permeating pop culture. Everybody knows who Yoda is. Even if you've never seen a Star Wars movie, if you were to line up pictures and go which one is Yoda, I would say ninety-five to ninety-eight percent of people would be like, Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, like he does come off as, as this like quirky little quirky guy. And I I love how in Episodes one, two, and three, he's very, you know, this reserved, wise, and he still has that, but he also has, like, the kooky old guy. Like, kooky old guy who's been, like, cooped up in, yes. in isolation for 18 years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I, I love that, and I, I love Frank Oz's portrayal and, and puppetry of it, and and it, 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 it really... I don't know. It feels different from from prequel Yoda and yet the same as well. Well, and I think that, you know, credit goes to George Lucas on that. You know, I know the prequels a lot of times get a lot of flack for what they were. But George Lucas, especially with 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 Revenge of the Sith, did a lot of did really good at tying and, and bringing the two threads together and, and to where that you don't feel this disconnect in a lot of ways. And I, and I feel that, you know, prequel Yoda and, and, uh, um, uh, return, uh, sorry, empire strikes back Yoda. They're the same character. They're just, you know, 18 years apart. You know, that's hard because you're dealing with, again, a prequel situation and, a you know, an original situation and a character that's beloved over generations. Um, you had mentioned Frank Oz's portrayal and the puppetry. Have you seen the behind-the-scenes footage of the set they built for that scene and how it was on a second level and how all that stuff was underneath? I mean, the amount of – I've seen a lot of diagrams of sets from, like, Muppet Show, Muppet Movies. It's it's absolutely insane what, like, the engineering that goes beyond – goes behind – like getting these puppets like there's there's one where Kermit is in he's in the swamp and they want it to be underwater so Jim Henson is literally like in a submarine with an air thing to puppet Kermit and it's it's wild well I just you know speaking of the sets and stuff you know I, I I was I was looking at some of the the physical sets that the Dagobah sets one of them and and you could definitely tell there was a jump in production value from the original Star Wars to this Star Wars. Did, did, did you feel that when when you when you watched this? Like it feels more immersive than the original Star Wars. Did. Yeah. The 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 jump that I compare it to, and this is a weird comparison, so bear with okay. me. Right, it is with it me. is it is the jump between Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl and the second Pirates, Dead Man's Chest, where the first one, there's clearly like more like practical things, all this other stuff. And then by two and three, you can tell the executives are just like, here's all the money in the world. Go ahead and take it. And and, and Star Wars is the exact same way, I think, where like clearly it was this like, you know, New Hope has some really great moments. And then Empire Strikes Back, they were like, here you go. Just just take the money, whatever you want. Um, yeah. but, but I did read um, that... So they filmed the Hoth scene in Norway. Okay. And I thought this was really fascinating because um, I think that 
that scene, that whole scene is really, really great on the grounds of it. You get the feel that this is a cold planet because it's a blizzard and it's snowing and it's cold and he, he gets knocked out and he's trapped. He's got to, you know, get inside this, this creature and that, well, um, apparently where they were filming, it was a blizzard that day. Mm-hmm. And usually film crews go, okay, we're not filming. But the director was like, oh, no, no, no. Yes, we are, because this is really going to get um, good results. And that's one of those random things mm-hmm. that yeah. made a huge impact. I'm trying to think of that scene if it wasn't snowy. Well, you know, it's funny. It's one of those random things where a director lucks out. Uh, Steven Spielberg had a very similar situation when they were filming um, Jurassic Park. When they were filming Jurassic Park, there actually was a true um, uh, storm, uh, um, uh, storm rolling in, and they were able to get some amazing establishing shots and shots in the rain with the wind that they probably would have otherwise not been able to get. And, and, and at least with Spielberg, Spielberg's case, they probably would have you know, done digital effects. Of course, Lucas didn't have that capability back in the eighties. So you're right. What would that scene have been like without that blizzard in the way that it was, you know? Um, It's so funny. The Hoth scene is one of my least favorite scenes in all of star Wars. I cannot explain it other than to say, and I think I have mentioned this on the podcast before that I have an aversion to snow scenes in movies, to winter scenes in movies. I remember we talked about this during the Christmas time, right? Yes. Yes, we did. I have an aversion to, I don't know what it is to in movies in TV shows and in video games. I have this weird Hmm. aversion to just to scenes set in snowy, cold weather. And, and so I get this like very like, automatic visceral response whenever I watch that scene to begin with. And I, and I hate that scene. I absolutely hate it. That and underwater scenes. I've never liked either of them. Yeah. And I know, I remember I was talking about like the Mario levels where you hate the underwater, you hate the ones where you're sliding around. (laughs) I think some of it goes back to my time playing Donkey Kong country. When I was a kid, I hated the snow levels. I hated the snow levels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, No, fair enough. But I will say though, The Hoth scene does, again, give us one of the most iconic Star Wars, I don't even know if you want to call them creatures, but the iconic Star Wars um, um, uh, Empire uh, weapons, that is the At-At. Yes. It's the first time we see the At-At in play. So I think that's a huge win. And of course, that when they're they're shooting the the rope around it and, and collapse it. I remember playing a game on Nintendo 64. Uh, it was a Star Wars game where where we had to do that and and, and crash the AT-ATs. It was one of the Star Wars games on the sixty four. Nice, nice. Yeah. I've been um, I bought on Steam uh, a game that came out in like the early two thousand Star Wars Empire at War, okay. and it's like a real time strategy game where you deploy things and um, you can choose to be the rebels or the Empire. And so I've been very much in, like engulfed in a battles and things like that, but. You know, the Hoth scene, it, it, it does drag on for a little bit. Thank you. Okay. So it's not just me. I feel like it does too. Like, I don't, I don't hate the scene as, as much as you do. Um, um, but, but it does get to a point where you're like, all right, like this, this feels like we need to, to move along here a little bit. Mm -hmm. I I think it does. and, And maybe some of it is the whole like 
Wampa thing and the Tauntauns and the having to go out and get Luke feels like a a kind of a weird point of the of the movie where like what what's the point of this? Is it just to show that like Luke can use the Force now? No, like I think some of it is. I think some of it is okay. These three actors, Mark Hamill, you know Harrison Ford, and and uh, Carrie Fisher, have had a couple years of stardom, and this is their chance. And I think at least for Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill's characters, to, to show them off a little bit, I think, right? Yeah. Especially like Harrison Ford, like oh, he's playing the hero. There were a couple of of scenes that I feel are a little campy. Um, that you look at them now and go, oh, was that really necessary? Like even some of the, the back and forth between Solo and and and, and Princess Leia, like got to be a little bit much. Like, I, it it just it, you know, like what does she call him? A nerf herder? A nerf herder? What the heck is? I mean, come on, a nerf? Like I don't know. I, I, some of it just gets to be a little a little too much. I, and again, I know that's that style of the late seventies, early. 80s. Oh yeah. But it, it did feel a little. But I agree with you that the Hoth scene did did feel a little dragged on. Um, oh, you know, speaking of reveals, the other big reveal, the Lando Carlier Lando revealed kind of working for the Empire. That yeah. was kind of like you didn't see that coming as well. You know, and I will tell you, this is the first time I've watched the movie. Well, maybe the second time. No, I think it's the first time. The first time I've watched the movie since watching Solo, and so watching this movie after watching solo a second time i want to say and you've you've gotten to know lando a little bit more and seeing that history there it does play a little bit different yeah well i mean again iconic scene of like they open the door to this meal and it's darth vader standing right, right? there and he just like yeah. deflects all their blasters and i mean we've already listed off six to seven pretty iconic scenes and oh, yeah. i think i think that's what makes this movie so beloved um, but I, I want to give another spin on why this movie, I think, is so beloved and still is. I think it's because it's one of the few that does not end in, like, all rainbows and unicorns and roses. That everything's not great. Like, I mean, you know, the end of episode typical, one, you get... Typical, like, your typical middle sequel of a trilogy. Yeah, but yeah. even, like, The Clone Wars to me has like a resolution of like, yeah, we did it. Like, yes, there's some stuff we didn't quite do, but we did it. Um, right. Like I, the, you know, I get there's the whole like Anakin and Obi-Wan were defeated by Dooku, but I, I don't know. It doesn't feel as, I mean, the, I, the, the name, the empire strikes back. Like at the end of this movie, you feel like the emperor, uh, the empire has tightened empire their grip. Has definitely tightened their grip, and they're on the run. Really, yeah, I mean, and yeah, really, the, the the rebel force is on the run. They don't have a a planet yet. They're they're kind of out there in space. They're kind of sitting ducks at that moment. Exactly. Whereas I'm trying to think, like one, two, and three all have kind of a kind of a like you know definitive. What some- about Last Jedi? Last Jedi. Last Jedi again. I feel like there's a little bit of a you know happier, not happy ending, but you, that's the one where Luke dies, right? Yeah, he dies. They, yeah, you're right. They kind of get off of Scarif. Yeah, I can see. You know what? I think I kind of put it in my mind. Like when I think of like true amazing trilogies out there, I think of the Matrix trilogies mm-hmm. and Matrix um, um, number two. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. There's so many of them now. Re- Reloaded. Matrix Reloaded has kind of like that, like we're leaving things unresolved 
going on. That's what this kind of feels like. Now, Matrix Reloaded was interesting because it it it, it they put it out there and they put this third one out only a few months later. They shot them in tandem. Where with this one, they had not shot no. uh, Return of the Jedi yet. So Lucas kind of knew where he wanted to go. But like you said, it sounds like there were some things up in the air with whether or not Harrison Ford was going to come back or or whatever. Yeah, I'd be interested to see the uh, the early scripts and see it maybe was there like, OK, here's where we're going if we have to kind of cut out Han Solo. Here's where we're going to go if we uh, if we leave him in. I, I have a question for you. I, I need to do a little bit of a dive here for a second. OK, OK. So one of the scenes in this movie that has never made sense to me and I think still kind of baffles me and it's maybe because I came to it so late and I saw it in a different order. I don't know. Is the scene where Luke goes into the cave and sees that projection of Darth and then cuts his head off and then Luke's face is in the helmet. You there? Yes, I'm still here. Sorry, I, I was I was listening so intently that okay. I froze. You, you froze for a second. Okay, I that that never really gets covered in terms of what the significance of that scene is. And my interpretation, after even watching it again today, is that Luke has a choice on whether or not he's going to turn to the dark side or not, and he's seeing himself destroyed as a member of the dark side, if he goes down that path, is that the right interpretation? Has there been a, has there been a dive into this by star Wars fandom? Is there something I'm missing here? I'm sure there has been a deep dive into it. I personally have not done a deep dive into it, partly because I like you, the scene is really weird and it's an odd scene. It's in slow motion too, which just throws me off. It's an odd scene. It feels like that it's they're just trying to create some tension, like some like, ooh, what is this? But I've always just taken it at face value, which is exactly what you said. Like it's, you know, showing it, I think it, it's teasing a little bit the whole like father son father son relationship. But also I do think it's like, a, you know, this could become you if you go down this dark side. I've always taken it at face value. Um, I mean, maybe I know right. there maybe are, I guess maybe knowing cause you know, the first time that I ever saw the scene, I already knew that Luke was Darth Vader's son, where for somebody who saw it for the very first time, they would not have known that. So it would have maybe had a little bit more of a mystical meaning. Well, and the cartoons have dived or dove dived, whatever they've gone into some more like early youngling Padawan Jedi training where they do go on like these journeys into this you know very force sensitive area there's a whole arc with some with five younglings where they go to a jedi temple and they're just like let loose in this temple and they have to like face their fears and like there's some there's some stuff like that so i I think that that's kind of what this is where it's this luke like any jedi has to go on this journey you know with that being surrounded by the force and interpreting what's going on um it's i know i said it on the facebook group the other day but you know it's 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 been a while since i said it on on the feed (laughs) if you're not watching the star wars cartoons especially with the latest reveals highly recommend them uh um it's not essential to the uh viewing pleasure but oh baby 
oh baby, my little heart is happy. <laughs> All right, so now I have another question for you. So, okay, Yoda, we obviously see him. He's not a. He's only in this movie for twenty minutes, maybe twenty five minutes at most. Besides the ending of Return of the Jedi, does he make an appearance in Return of the Jedi? When he, I mean, I know he shows up at the end as a Force ghost. No, 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 no. So, so here's here's why I asked that. For as popular and as crazy of a character as he is, for as impactful as a character as he is, he only has 25 minutes at most of screen time in the entire original series. I mean, I was going to ask you this same question about Boba Fett, where both Yoda and Boba Fett really don't do much. Like, if you really were to make a list of, like, okay, what are the things that they do it would be really short lists. And yet yeah. I would argue that Yoda and Boba Fett are two of the most popular characters of all time yeah. in the Star Wars universe. I mean, at least with Yoda, at least with Yoda, you get a ton of him in the prequel. So yes. you definitely get more of him. So I think some of his popularity can be explained by his 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 appearance in the prequel. With Boba Fett, though, you're 100 percent right. I mean, we see him very briefly in 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 this and you know he obviously is the one who's responsible for catching for catching han and of course we see him in the follow-up with return of the jedi a little bit more which i think is good um but jango fed his dad has more play than he does yeah so like like i agree with you i it, it is so funny and maybe that's why all these different offshoots of the Star Wars universe, all these different stories, all these different side stories have been able to be so popular among Star Wars fandom is because they literally have been there from the beginning versus other, I guess, major stories or major series and franchises where it really is all about the main thing going on and not the side stories. I don't know. Well, and, um, and it may no. have been this time period because I remember we'll get into this character in the coming episodes with, you know, 789, but Captain Phasma was kind of what I, they were like billing her as kind of this next Boba Fett where, you know, you're not seeing her a lot, but she just looks so cool and acts so cool that you're just going to fall in love with her. And they kill her. So, and, <laughs> yeah. I, we, kill I'm, I'm going to save that. I got a I, rant coming. I, I know. It, it, and I, and I'm going to save it because it's so fun. there's, there's so much about that sequel franchise that we have to talk about. And there are things that I love and things that I don't, it's really interesting the further away you get from it and, and just how, how much of a cohesive story it lacked like because like even watching this now you know that lucas has plans for where he wants to go with return of the jedi like you know that there, there's some kind of a like okay clearly star wars episode four the original star wars was its own standalone thing you can watch it and realize that if nothing else was born of it that's all it was. Like it was its own standalone movie, but clearly it was successful. So then Lucas comes back around and writes the story treatment for episode five and episode six. And then suddenly, you know, you've got yourself a franchise along with all this other stuff going on with all the history and all that craziness that they were able and all that stuff that we were able to see for 40 plus years, why they were not able to come up with some kind of a cohesive story for seven, eight, nine that made sense between the three stories in the three movies and had an arc makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like they started fine with force awakens. I know we're not supposed to be talking about this, but they started fine with force awakens. And then Ryan Johnson just goes and like, what the heck man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the problems of that, but <sighs> you're right. Like it is, you know, they, they, they've now, you know, 
they made a really nice trilogy. Like four, five, six is a good story in a vacuum of just four, five, yeah. six. It's a really, really good trilogy. You know, you've got a great opening that sets up this world, a great middle with a cliffhanger at the end, and then a really nice resolution at the end yep. where it feels like all hope is lost and 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 we're not quite going to get there. And we do. Yay. Everyone's happy. Yep. But yeah, it, it just is. I, I think so much of this movie was a product of when it came out. It came out at that perfect time where, like you said, there's no internet, there's no social media. It's people are coming off the high of this. And so I do think that some characters just took off because they were Star Wars characters and Star Wars was the thing. So I'll bet Boba Fett, yeah, he looks cool and he's a Star Wars character. Yoda, well, oh my... And- we, we've already talked about how much or maybe we haven't talked about, but we've briefly talked about it. But if you haven't seen, there's a there's a, a series on Netflix calls that called the, the toys that made us and they reference the Star Wars situation with the toys. And I think we briefly talked about this a little bit. A lot of one of the reasons why I think these characters took off the way they took off, Matt, too, is just the fact that. The, the, a lot of these characters were made to sell toys. I mean, Boba Fett, I guarantee you, was created to sell toys. Yoda probably was made a little bit cuter to sell toys. I mean, let's be honest with you, right? You, you, you create this cute little green guy, and ever since then, he's become like the epitome of what wisdom is supposed to look like. Yes. Right? That's what Yoda is. Wisdom is Yoda. Yoda is wisdom. Like, that, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But I'm in the camp, I will, I will admit this, I'm in the camp that this is still, I think, the best Star Wars movie. I wouldn't necessarily so say... it is your number one? I wouldn't say it's necessarily my favorite, but when I objectively look at like the good Star Wars movies, I think this one just takes the cake for me. Well, okay, what objective criteria puts that there? So, you know, we talked about how many, like, just jaw-dropping... Drop, it is really hard to say jaw-dropping. Jaw um, I'm just realizing this on this pod. Um, just the amount of moments that are so excellent in here. I, I love... Maybe this is just... Uh, maybe this is my personal bias coming in, but I love stories that don't end the way you think they're going to, that you leave wanting more. Like, oh my gosh, I want to see how that resolves. Um, I, I do think that while the Hoth scene goes on a little bit long, I think it's still a great scene. Like you said, the Cloud City, like there's there's, there's no part of this movie that I feel like I am like, oh man, I just this could just go away and I'd be fine with it. That's Whereas fair. with all the other movies, there's some parts where I'm like, you know, this could just be not be here and I'd be okay. I, I'm, I'm at the point where I, it, I, I cannot concretely say objectively what is or isn't best anymore. They are products of their times. I mean, literally, we, and we, we've said this every time. The original trilogy is a product of the 70s and 80s. The prequel trilogy is the pro- is a product of the late '90s and early 2000s. What a time! <laughs> the sequel trilogy is a product of the 2010s. So, literally, these are are projects that are 30, 20 to thirty years apart from one another. That are time capsules, reflective of the technology that was available at the time, the acting that was available at the time the computer graphics that were available at the time and something that I don't think gets talked about a lot, but the fan base of the time and, and 
the fan base of the 70s and 80s is not the fan base of the 90s. It's not the fan base of the 2000s and 10s and, and beyond. The fan base of The Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett is not the fan base of the sequel trilogy. There's very different groups of of people that Star Wars are that Star Wars and Lucasfilm is trying to play to. So for me to try to say this is objectively the best movie, I will say it's a great movie. I, I absolutely say it's not my favorite. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not my favorite movie by any means. I still would argue that Return of the Jedi is my favorite. Uh, uh, sorry, Return of uh, not Return of the Jedi. Um, Rise of Skywalker is my favorite of the nine Star Wars movies. I love Rise of Skywalker. Does it have its problems? I know you don't, but I love it because of all of the fan service. I love the callbacks. Of yeah, it. yeah. There are problems with the story. There are things you can poke holes through. I get it. Abrams in my mind had a impossible task ahead of him. Um, you know, but I, I, I'm just, I'm done trying to say what's the best anymore because you could put 10 star Wars fans in a room and all 10 of them are going to have a different. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, anytime that you're ranking anything, I mean, we, we do, we rank things on this show with, with our top tens, there's always, you know, personal bias and other stuff like that. But just my personal opinion is, uh, uh, is that uh, Empire Strikes Back is still the best. And maybe this would be an interesting poll to put up in yeah. in our Facebook I group. I think we've done this poll already. Have we? Group. I think we have. Oh, yeah. well. I've, we've asked people to, 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 back when we did the Star Wars rant or something. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But again, I think every single person kind of has their, their own take on it. And again, <laughs> it's different to say subjectively because you've already, you, you've already said it's not your favorite, but you think it's the best. I think I think if I try to remove all of my biases, I think that if I I go into logical brain, which is not where my brain is, I am not a logical person. <laughs> I am, I am an illogical person. Uh, I I think it comes out as the best. I do think that we're in a very new era of Star Wars, though, where it used to be that it was all centered around the movies. Well, that's not the case anymore. Yeah. You're gonna have you have now. You know, two seasons of The Mandalorian, and now, uh, you know, at the end of uh, next Wednesday, you will have a full season of Book of Boba Fett. Then you've got Ahsoka coming. You've got Cassian Andor series coming. Uh, You have all the cartoons that you have access to watch. You have more, you know, The Bad Batch is doing a season two. Like, there's, there's so many now. It's not just your flagship movies. Oh, yeah. You we're we are ne I am going to make a statement right now that I do not believe we will ever see a Star Wars movie again. Oh, really? I, I really don't. I I would be shocked. There is no reason for them to put a Star Wars movie out there, at least out in the theaters. Whoa. I, I, I really don't. It's going to be a long time before. We, why would they? They are satisfying the Star Wars, the need for Star Wars right now with all this new content. It's, it's, it, we are, again, this goes back to being a product of the time that we are in. We are in a time, unlike any other, where we have access to the ability to have digital content. And if the name of the game is getting as many subscribers to your digital content as possible, and by the way, Disney does it right. They make you sign up for a year. You can't just do it month to month. You got to sign a year, year to year contract. So they've got you hooked. If the name of the game is to get you into that streaming platform, they've got it figured out, man. Why would they bother to why would they bother to put you into a a movie that's gonna make, you know, six hundred million dollars, seven hundred million dollars when they can just instead 
bring you over to the content and bring you over to the streaming platform. I think that. Wow, man, this is whoa. What do I really think about this? Because because I, I don't because here's the thing I don't I, my you know I think the reaction that I thought I would have to this was a visceral like oh my gosh Casey what an idiotic hot take but I didn't have that reaction. Well, and here's here's why I say this. They tried. They tried with the last three movies that they did. They threw every dollar at it they could. They brought in the craziest directors they could, the best directors they could in Abrams and Ryan Johnson, they tried. And as much as I hate to admit it, the rest, a lot of the Star Wars community says they failed. They That the sequel trilogy was, if it wasn't a failure, it was on the failure side of things, right? So why would Kathleen Kennedy, why would Bob Cheapskate, um, put more money into this when he's got these successful things over here. Moreover, the Skywalker sagas played out. So what would those movies be? Well, again, they could be these little offshoot of things that they got going on, but they can tell those in better stories through TV shows, a medium that they didn't have before. Yeah. I so think that's, that's where my takes at. It. I think the only way that they're going to do movies is that it is completely removed from the Skywalker saga, that it is the old Republic where there is no, Yes, There's no, that. you cannot make any of those connections. Or, I, I see that as kind of the only way that they bring movies back. The, the, the one exception I think in my mind that could bring a movie would be like an epic crossover movie of all the characters they've established in the TV shows. Okay. Like, okay, so all these, so they're, they're, they've built, so Boba Fett's obviously this character that's out there at the same time as the Mandalorian, at the same time that Grogu's out there. Ahsoka's coming, she's out, I'm assuming this is the same time period, right? So, yeah, because she met um, Mandalorian. Uh, so, uh, Ahsoka's out there, right? So, all these other characters, hell, um, we might even see the return of, of, of the one character from Han Solo, uh, the, 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 the woman who took over the empire. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we could see her. What's her face. I can't, yeah. You know who I'm talking <laughs> so about, memorable. Right. We could very well see Darth Maul come back. I mean, okay. So suddenly you see all these different characters who are out there, you know, um, uh, in being created by these TV shows and they decide to do an epic crossover movie. I mean, that could happen. I that, think that that'd be interesting. I, I, it's it's that, but but again, no Skywalker. To your point, why would they not then release a instead of a theatrical movie release? Why not release a four part miniseries or six part miniseries that is all those characters, a yeah. la what Netflix did with you know they did Daredevil, then Jessica Jones, then Luke Cage, then Iron Fist, and then they did the defenders, which was all of those storylines coming together to your point. I I think that that's one of those, just keep that on your streaming service and draw people to that. I think what it all comes down to, and you know, Bob cheapskate's the perfect one for this. Um, what it, what it all comes down to is ultimately what, what, what the money would bring. Yeah. Like they're, they're going to have number crunchers in the background and they're going to figure out, okay, we've got X amount coming in from revenue to Disney plus we could make X amount on a movie. What does the bottom line tell I me? Mean, at the end of the day, that's what this Well, is. and I think also if they had plans to release Star Wars movies, they're delaying them until 
like everything is wide open to where they can know that they can pack the theaters. Um, because that, I mean, that's what I, I, I think, I think that they will do a movie trilogy and it's going to be the old Republic. That is my prediction. We have been saying all along that star Wars, the star Wars universe needed a reset. That that has been something that's been out there for years. The star Wars, star Wars franchise needed a reset. They've got it. It, it's there it, it's right in front of our eyes the star wars universe has been reset in these tv shows it ha, it has been reset and and when they're when it makes sense they're calling back to things that are fan service for people of older stuff again cad bane showing up spoiler uh, <laughs> it is what it is at this point cad bane showing up um you know boba fett being kind of released as this new character even though he's part of the old you know and of course they're also introducing the new characters mandalorian and 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 of course um grogu and you know and of course bringing luke back at the end of mandalorian last year so yeah where it makes sense to call back it makes sense but they've reset the universe they have reset it to a new to, to to that that doesn't rely on luke skywalker han solo uh the emperor darth vader that whole thing over there to 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 be more to be more gritty well and even they've reset it to a point of it's a timeline before episode seven starts Mm -hmm. so if they wanted to they could say this is an adjacent story i I don't think they will okay wait, wait hold on you said adjacent story that's fair don't tell me you're going to go down the line of they're just going to completely erase. No, I don't think you okay. can because there's okay. good stuff about the sequel trilogy okay. that you should not erase. I Because th- there, there is that line of thought that I, I don't know if you've seen this in some of the fan boards that there's rumors that Kathleen Kennedy is going to get fired and they're going to bring um, they're going to bring Favreau on and 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 and, and they're just going to completely erase seven eight nine and call that non-canon. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think no sense to me. I don't think you can call it non-canon. But I think you can you can somehow wrap it in an adjacent thing, or I don't know. Maybe you say, "Yeah, this happened," but we're also going to tie these things in to make these things make more sense. I don't know. Um, I, the the more that I watch things that are produced by Favreau, I think he should just be in charge of all Disney creative things um, because it seems like everything he is involved in does really really well. Yeah, Favreau. He he's um. He, he's pretty pretty spectacular. He really is. I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him over all Disney properties in terms of movies. I'd like to see him as like the creative for not just Star Wars, but like the one that um, Feige reports to that any of the you know like the, 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 well not Lasseter he's not there anymore, but whoever the the chief is for Disney movies, whoever the chief is for Pixar movies, like he's got that creative vision that's just pretty spectacular. Well, there were rumors for a while. Not this movie probably has, has been canceled by now, but that he was in involved in a epic parks movie that it was like going to be called Magic Kingdoms, and it was going to be this like w- adventure where this you know group of people got transported into like this alternate world of the Magic Kingdom, and they were like, I was like, heck yeah, I'm into this. Make that movie right. Not at all. Yeah. That's that's news to me. That was a while back. And it was one of those, like, it's going to release in six years. They just, you know, you know, they just, you know, uh, uh, reserved the date for it. And Favreau was tied to it. But then I'm sure with all the shuffling that has gone around and, you know, Disney plus and all that stuff, I'm sure that project is dead. But I remember reading that like six or seven years ago. And I was like, heck yeah, sign me up. I love it. Yeah, he's just he's just got that creative talent, you know, and he's just 
you know, clearly he's proven himself at this point. Yeah, with, I mean, not just with Star Wars, but, you know, MCU things as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to talk about when it comes to Empire? No, I think I'm all good. All right. Very good. Well, we've got a fun episode next week coming up as well, uh, where we are going to be talking about the hit. And a, a spoiler warning up front. I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know we're not supposed to. I know it's against the rules but we're going to be talking about Bruno. Are we just titling the episode? We talk about Bruno. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be talking. Have you, have you watched the movie yet? I have not yet. I've been, I've been reserving. I've listened to the entire soundtrack. I know the entire soundtrack by heart, but um, um, I just haven't, I have not sat down and watched the movie. I still have to say that while, we don't talk about Bruno is a good song. I think the pressure song is better. I, the, the pressure song in my book is, is the best of the songs, but apparently it, um, the, we don't talk about Bruno hit number one on the billboard 100. Yeah. And it's the first time, uh, the first time that's happened. I, I want to say ever. And it's the first time it's like been top 10 since a whole new world in Aladdin. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it I mean, crazy? it's shattering. I mean, and, and, and you think Let It Go was kind of the, yeah. the big pinnacle. It's, it's, it's shattering Let It Go. Could, could we say that people have finally let, let it go of Let It Go? Uh, <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Zing. I think that, well, we'll get into this. Never mind. I, I don't have time for this. We'll get into this tomorrow or, you know, it's next really week. Interesting. It's nice to see, though, that a movie that while it was released in the theaters, um, and only had a 30-day uh, theatrical run and then came to Disney Plus is, is doing as well as it did. Yeah. It, it really is interesting to see that. But no, it, it's it's um, it's renewing calls for um, a South American pavilion um, in, in the World Showcase, I think Brazilian, if I'm not mistaken. So so anyway, we'll get into that next, um, next week. But yeah, we will be talking about Bruno, so spoiler alert. <laughs> All, <laughs> All right. right. Uh, you want to close this out? Yeah, it's closing time. So uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can email us, beersandears1928 at gmail.com. Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at beersears1928. Uh, uh, Sourcernetwork.com. Um, I promise at some point I will update it. Um, it's been a crazy, crazy week. Um, really past month, to be honest with you. Um, I can't believe it's February already. Um, by the time they're listening to this, it might be March. And say it might be March by the time they're listening to this. Oof. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah, we've got after, after Encanto, we've got, uh, let's see here. After Encanto, we got Book of Boba Fett. And then our Parks episode with Sharif. And then our two year anniversary Oof. spectacular. Oof. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, connect with us, spread the word. We're, you know, we're still going strong. Spread the word for um, the great content that we produce. All right, everybody, let's raise our glasses. This episode has been on us. We will see you again very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.